ready to bees before we pop into this episode. This is your reminder that I am now accepting applications for my spring group tutoring program. This is an eight-week program where you get access to all the materials from March 1st until April 28th. And each week you have different recorded courses to watch. You have homework assignments, study guides, and then we also meet six times at 8 p.m. Eastern time on Monday nights to help you get the support you need to pass this RD exam. Only 10 spots are available, so be sure to check the show notes for more information and to register. Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Dietetics with Dana. Today, we're talking about practice questions. Who has the best practice questions? How do I use practice questions? And what score do I need on my practice questions to have an increased probability of passing the exam? So first up, let's talk about practice questions. So the three most common types of practice questions that I see my students coming to me with are pocket prep, eat right prep, and gene inman. And now these are definitely all great sources. If you have any of these, you can definitely use them. But let's break them down a little bit just on historical data I have for my students for the past two years and also using them all myself. So the Inman questions, I really like these because I find most students tend to have an Inman, and there's a huge amount of questions. But these do tend to be a little bit easier. I usually tell my students I want them scoring around 90 to 100% on these questions, on practice questions that's greater than 100 before their exam. Another difficult part of the Inman questions is there's no explanations. So sometimes students, especially those who are in a bit of a time crunch, it can just take them a lot of time to get through those questions because they're kind of constantly having to, you know, look it up or post it on the page or do a Google. So it's not necessarily a practice question set that's going to facilitate kind of, you know, easy learning. You really kind of have to find those answers to the questions. But nevertheless, I still think, you know, it's a good practice set to do because it might be new questions for you. And again, that's a great active learning activity for someone who has a little bit more time. The next practice question set is Pocket Prep. It's also called Medical Pocket Prep. This is an app that you can get in the App Store. It's $15 for three months. And it's one of my favorite resources for my students to use for a few different reasons. Number one, the difficulty of it is about medium. So I recommend that my students are getting 80 or 85s on their 100 plus practice question sets for the pocket prep right before their exam to help increase their likelihood that they're going to pass the exam. I also like that the explanations are right there and the explanations are really, really great. And so this allows you to take your practice exam and then go back and really learn from each question. Even the questions you got correct because the explanations go over every single answer and they're really, really great for facilitating learning. And the third reason is it's completely customizable. So you can say, oh, I have time for 50 questions. You know, I want to just focus on domain one. And you can go back and look at past questions that you did. You can also do it on the desktop. So I like to have my students a lot of time when they're doing their 100 questions because you can only do 100 questions on Pocket Prep at a time, unfortunately. And I set them up on their computer and I say, pretend this is a practice exam. Um, So super user-friendly. I like it a lot and super affordable. And then the third type of practice questions 
that my students tend to have is the Eat Right Prep. So this is made by CDR, who is the one who makes the exam. And so these practice questions are really great. I find that they're the most similar to the exam. They're difficult. I recommend that my students are scoring at least a 75% or higher before their exam on the Eat Right Prep practice exams. And the nice thing is that with the CDR, Eat Right Prep, it will tell you, like, is this expert or is this easy? And then very similar to Pocket Prep, it also has the explanations on it. So again, super easy to be like, oh, why is this wrong? And kind of really, really understand. Now, probably the biggest con about this one is the price tag. Now, it's about $200. And if you know, you're looking for kind of really, really great practice questions and you want them from a really trusted source, I would recommend getting this. Now, do you need this? No. I have a lot of students who are successful with just the Inman and the pocket prep. But if you're someone who's like, you know what, I feel like I really want questions from the CDR. I really want to see how those exams are set up. Definitely look into it, but again, you're not going to go wrong with just having Inman and Pocket Prep or, you know, Pocket Prep and Eat Right. Whatever combination, we can make it work um, for you. And again, you can always use, you know, Google and classes to kind of add on to your knowledge. So besides what practice question sets you're going to be using, we also need to talk about how you use them. I have students come to me all the time who are like, yeah, I'm scoring 90s, 100s on all, you know, on all my practice questions before the exam, but I got a 19 or I got a 22. And one of the things I ask them in their discovery calls, I'm like, well, how many were you doing? And, you know, nine times out of 10, these people are telling me, you know, well, I was doing 10 or I was doing 50. And that's a big mistake I find that people are making with the practice questions because we need to increase our practice questions. I like to recommend sets of 50, 100, 125, but increasing the quantity that we're doing because that's going to decrease the odds that we're just getting a good percent because we got some right, right? If you're doing 10 practice questions, you can guess on those and still get a 75, you know? So you want to make sure that as you're studying that you're increasing the amount of practice questions you do not only because you need to see more practice questions and really track your score, but also a key problem people have with this exam is just that it's long. So especially if you're someone who struggles with attention span and, you know, gets frustrated during the exam, in your studying, you need to be practicing increasing your practice question amount. You know, keep that stamina up. You know, if you're noticing like, wow, I get so tired, you know, after 50 questions, you know, stay at 50 and slowly add, you know, five a day. You know, don't be afraid to kind of take breaks. You also, besides the stamina, also want to make sure you're timing yourself. You know, I have a lot of students who come to me and they failed the exam because they've taken too much time in the questions. So you need to make sure not only can you kind of stamina wise get through all to 125 145 but also that you're going through them in a timely manner I recommend doing about a minute per question so that you can you know make sure that if you got to the 145 that you would have plenty of time 
to get through all the questions. And again, you if you really struggle with time and you think you're going to have any accommodations, you know, that would be helpful. Definitely look into getting the accommodations. But you want to make sure that you are increasing your practice questions. Again, you can start low, but the data points that I want to know as your tutor are what, how are you scoring on sets of practice questions with more than 50 questions? So we've talked about what types of practice questions, the quantity I want you doing, but now I want to share with you the two different ways that I recommend you use your practice question. So the first one is more of what I like to call a learning model. So you cue the questions up, whether you're doing kind of paper questions off of Inman or you're doing the e-rib prep or pocket prep, but you cue them up and you go one by one. You pull up the question, you're answering it, kind of explains yourself why are you picking your answer you submit it and then right then you're reading the explanation and you're making sure it makes sense right adding to your notes whatever any extra information it's giving you but then if you're noticing wow you know I got stuck on this you know TPN question I'm not as strong as I thought I was you take a pause on the practice questions and then you go and you study that topic and when you're done studying that and adding to it, you go back for question number two and this is a really great active studying method that's going to really allow you to focus on the learning. Because again, if you're just blowing through the practice questions and not taking the time to read the explanations, pause, look at those trouble areas, you're not going to get as much out of it. Every single practice question we get wrong is an opportunity to learn. And when you start implementing these strategies, this is where I see my students' scores jump from like 60% of questions to write getting them right up to 70 because they're finally not only doing the practice questions, but they're also really learning the topic as they go, even when they got them wrong. Now, the second way that I like my students to do practice questions, and I recommend this about once a week, is to do a practice exam style. So if you are doing, you know, eat right prep, they already have the practice exams queued up in there for you. Um, if you're doing the pocket prep, you can only go up to 100 questions. That's totally fine. And then if you're doing the Gene Inman, I recommend doing 50 questions out of each section. And as a reminder, the last section domain three and four is combined. So it'd be 150 each. And get whatever one you're using and you want to go through and do it practice exam style, you know, so phone away, focused, well, hopefully you're also focused in the other one, but you guys know what I mean. You're taking practicing and you're going through each of them, you know, putting your answer, going to the next one, not using your notes, not pausing and looking at anything, not going back to previous questions and going through like a full practice exam, give yourself the two hours. And then at the end, then you go through and you grade yourself and you use that same strategy that you used in kind of your more active studying, that first method I talked about, where you're going through reading the explanation, understanding why you got it wrong, looking it up. And again, that's going to allow you to really make sure you're utilizing your practice questions correctly. Now, if you are noticing that you're doing all of this and you're like, I am still stuck on this question. I don't know what's going on with it. I don't know why it's this. The explanation doesn't make sense. That is when you post it to the Facebook page because you know we're going to talk about it. You know, each week I get so many questions from students who are like, I know the answer is B. 
I don't even know how I get there. So don't be afraid to use the Facebook page um, to help answer your questions because a lot of the time it's helpful to get input from other students. And it's also helpful too to hear it from me talking about it in our practice question classes on Sundays at 8 p.m. Eastern time. So when it comes to practice questions, the moral of the story is there's a lot of great practice question sets, but you want to make sure that you're using them correctly, that you're really taking each one as an opportunity to learn, and that you're getting your practice question quantity up and benchmarking yourself against kind of the standard for that specific practice question set. So we said with the Inman, I want you getting 90% plus, you know, for pocket prep, I want to see 80, 85 plus, and then eat right prep, I want to see 75 plus before your exam. And again, these numbers just come from historical data I have from tutoring students for this exam for two years doesn't mean that you are guaranteed to pass if you get that score. Also doesn't mean that you're guaranteed to fail if you're lower than that. But I think it's really helpful to benchmark yourself always against others. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Dietetics with Dana, focusing on study tips for the exam. Feel free to follow us on Instagram at danajfnutrition.com. Visit the website to learn more about tutoring, www.danajfnutrition.com. Or if you have a suggestion for a new next topic, feel free to email me at danajfryernutrition at gmail.com. Have a great week.